This episode of The Dairy Show is sponsored by Digested Organics. Digested Organics uses cutting-edge filtration solutions to convert organic wastes such as manure, digestate, food and beverage manufacturing wastes, and other high-strength wastewaters into clean water, concentrated co-products, and when possible, renewable energy. The BC Organics Project in Wisconsin is a large-scale example of these technologies in action to reduce hauling costs, improve soil health, and reduce the environmental impacts associated with manure handling. From Madison, Wisconsin, World Dairy Expo presents The Dairy Show, the digital meeting place of the global dairy industry, where we sit down to talk cows, cutting-edge technology, and the colored shavings. Welcome back to The Dairy Show, everyone. I am, as always, your host, Katie Schmidt. And this week, just days after World Dairy Expo is complete, we are joined by Carl Crave with Dynamic Renewables uh, so that we can talk about biogas and methane digesters and sustainability. So welcome to the podcast, Carl. Thanks, Kate. Appreciate it. All right. So to get us started, I'm going to have you introduce yourself a little bit, Carl. What is your background in agriculture and connection to it today? Well, I kind of have a uh, sort of unique background in agriculture because I've been at been in it my entire life, uh, both indirectly and now now directly. So, so growing up, my uh, my family in Waterloo, Wisconsin, uh, had a growing dairy farm and eventual cheese factory as well, uh, Cray Brothers Farm in Waterloo, and grew up involved in the farm, helping as much as I could. Uh, quite often, getting involved in construction projects and and helping them kind of grow over the years. So, eventually, I. Uh, Went to uh, school at UW-Madison, got my degree in agricultural business management. And as I was uh, wrapping up some of my, my studies there, my, my father, Charlie Crave, was doing some planning for uh, another farm expansion. And this was uh, early 2000s. And as we uh, kind of were discussing some of the options there and direction, you know, big picture things with the farm there. He, he kind of got me involved and we started uh, looking into anaerobic digesters and the and what was happening in the biogas space. You know, this would have been early 2000s. There was maybe a handful of, of digesters in Wisconsin at that time and kind of globally a um, expanding market, especially in Europe. So we, we kind of started learning together and just kind of trying to educate ourselves on what was being done, what can be done. And and that was my introduction into the the world of digesters and biogas. So as I uh, graduated from from college, I worked for a uh, third party company, and we uh, we designed and built, and then I eventually operated that system at the uh, Cray Farm for for several years, and it still operates today. So that would have been an early two thousand and uh, let's see, that would have been two thousand and six when that first uh, digester project was constructed there. So in those early days when you were learning about the biogas and you guys hadn't quite constructed yet, how were you learning about it? Where were you going to find that information or what did you learn about it? Well, it was a, it was a very new industry in, in, the, in Wisconsin and the United States at that time. So there was a, uh, actually DATCAP in Wisconsin, Department of Agriculture and Consumer Protection, put on a, what they call the biogas roundtable. And it was a variety of, of industry folks, some, some farmers, some uh, university people, some uh, technology people, and, and a few uh, folks from the German biogas industry that would come to these. I think they were quarterly meetings, if I remember right. 
we learned some through uh, attending the biogas roundtable. That was a, a very grassroots uh, group at that time. And then uh, there were just a couple of conferences. BioCycle is one that's been around for many years that, that bounces around the United States. And ultimately, we learned the way the way most farmers do is you, you talk to other farmers and you go visit them in the winter when you're when you're bored and uh, don't have anything else to do and uh, talk to them about what worked or what didn't and eventually did go to Europe as well and in Germany and saw firsthand some of the different technologies that were going on there. So, but, but ultimately it was really just talking to other farmers. Yeah. So why was the decision made when they were thinking about that farm expansion to go this direction? So one of the things that, that my dad, Charlie always talks about is really maximizing everything you do, whether, whether that's the energy input to the farm, whether that's getting the, the, the best or most you can out of your animals or your production and, and manure, you know, quite often it's thought of as a, a waste product. And of course, we all know about the nutrient benefits and, and the use for crop growth and things like that. But he really wanted to look at what's sort of the next, the next step and the next level there. So part of it was, was creating energy from the manure and the waste, and as well as uh, creating a, a sustainable bedding source. At the Crave Farm, they've always utilized some sort of organic bedding. They've never uh, been big, big uh, proponents of sand, even though it's great for cows. The handling, the cost, the equipment wear and tear, uh, everything that all the negatives of sand in their minds did not outweigh the benefits. So they've they've always been big into the uh, organic bedding for the cattle and uh, having a sustainable, renewable source for that was also a big driver. Ultimately, as they are sort of re-envisioning their farm and, and cheese factory, they, they took a big picture look at how they were gonna handle the waste streams from both the cheese factory and the farm. Part of that goal was to get all of their waste to, to one or two points around the, the farm for eventual land application or for bedding. So that was big picture, that was the goal. Took several years and, and a couple of different expansions to get to that point, but that, that was achieved. So the cheese waste goes into the digester now too, not just manure from the cows? Correct, yep, it does. Most, historically, a lot of the biogas plants that, that I've been involved with process some sort of non-manure feedstock. Cheese whey is one. You know, typically some higher strength products work a little better at, that uh, some uh, ethanol byproducts and biodiesel byproducts, restaurant grease, you know, anything that uh, has calories to it are great in a digester. So so how does that work or why, why does it work to put those things into a digester? Maybe we should back up and how does a digester work? That might be where we should start. Sure. Yeah. Good, good question. We'll take a step back. So a digester is, so, so quite often the entire facility is, is called a digester. And there's pumps and there's tanks and there's separation equipment and there's, there's sometimes dryers. So, so it's, it's a little bit of a misnomer. Most people kind of talk to the, or consider the whole plant a digester. It's called a digester. In reality, a digester is one component. It's a tank. That large tank is essentially a cow's stomach. We basically want to keep feeding that that digester just like you would a cow and try to give it a balanced diet and and the more steady and healthy balanced diet you give it, the more 
biogas, in our case, it'll make. So we're converting the, the energy that, that was in the manure into biogas, which is mainly methane. And that methane is fuel, just like you would, you know, use in your stove at home. And uh, that's then fuel. We use that fuel to either create electricity or right now the, the main path for the, the biogas is to clean it into renewable natural gas where it goes into the natural gas pipeline and eventually used as vehicle fuel. So ultimately we're taking crops that the sun grew and were fed to a cow and we're taking what was left over that the cow didn't need and uh, trying to squeeze the most energy we can out of it. It's wild that we've come up with the process for doing that. Like it, it sounds so simple, right? Crop, cow, manure, power. It, it is simple and it's been around for thousands of years and, and we're just kind of putting it into a controlled environment and giving uh, the bacteria and the biology that are, are in the manure already, just giving them an ideal environment to, uh, to create that gas. So, so part of it's being, you know, have, having the right equipment selected and being a, a good diet. So when we talk about the efficiency of, of cows, the cows are obviously very efficient, right? There's, there's all, all these farms now today have nutritionists and, and consultants that help make sure their, their animals are utilizing every bit of that, that forage and that, that uh, feed intake as possible. So, so we're getting what's left of it, right? So we're trying to squeak the next little bit out of that, that crop. And then uh, ultimately, if we're able to add some off farm feedstocks, such as grease trap waste, for example, that's a, uh, that's never been digested, right? So there's a lot of bang for the buck there where you can add a little bit of it and create a lot of gas. So what kind of gas do you get from grease trap waste? Well, it all ends up as, as biogas, which is that methane. So the, the uh, bacteria inside the digester, they're going to eat whatever's in there. So it's just like you or I, if we're eating a, you know, a cheeseburger or a uh, salad, right? We, we get energy from it either way. So it's uh, just a matter of trying to be consistent with the, with the diet. Most, most of the systems that we're involved with today are processing manure only. So they're more dedicated to just the dairy farm than, than some of the projects that we've done in the past, which, which did process some of the non, non-farm uh, feedstocks. Is it easier or harder? Because you keep calling it a diet and feeding the digester. Is it easier or harder to balance that diet when it's just manure or when you get that combination of other sources into it? Uh, the nice thing about a manure digester is it's, it's very stable. Farmers are very good at being consistent, right? They have a year's worth of, of silage on their, on their pads and things for feeding their cows. So it's very consistent over the course of the year. So what, if they're, what they're eating is consistent, what they're wasting is also consistent. On my end of things, the digester inlet then is also very consistent. So that's a, works out very, very well for a manure only system to manage. When you're bringing in other feedstocks, whether it's that grease trap, for example, is often very inconsistent. Depends what's going down their drain, depends, uh, you know, some, some grease trap comes from food processors that maybe one day they're they're doing, uh, you know, running a certain process or making a certain product. And then the next day they're making something different. So maybe there's more, more of a 
salt, for example, in that waste stream, or uh, maybe there's more water because they did a wash down, so it's more water than grease. So it's very, it can be very inconsistent. So as a farm kid who now works with biogas, how does that, or how do your experiences growing up at home help you with what you do now? Well, as, as dynamic renewables, we really try to take a holistic look at the project. So when we, when we start evaluating a, a potential project, we try to put the, the key stakeholders together and really understand what their priorities are. So quite often, a, a owner or investor is, is most of the projects we're doing today are not owned by the dairy farm. They're owned by a third-party equity investment company. So, of course, they have objectives, financial objectives. They have environmental objectives that they're trying to meet. And then we have our, our farm, which is, is the most critical part to the, to the system. They're the feedstock, right? They're the, uh, without, without the farm, there is no project. So we really try to look at it from the farm's perspective of what they're trying to achieve. That means uh, what their their goals are for the dairy long term. Are they expanding? Are they trying to uh, change bedding products to maybe switching from sand to a, a fiber product? Are they uh, just trying to meet some environmental objectives? So try to really understand what the farm's goals are. With uh, my background, and we have I, other people within our company too. Uh, our background in the agronomy. We look at it from the farm's perspective, so that really helps us allow to to put together the right the right group of people and the right business plan and understand the financials not only from the farm's perspective but from the owner and operator's perspective. These systems that we are evaluating today are often ten to thirty five million dollar initial equipment builds. So these are major decisions, both from the farm's perspective and the equity investor, because you know they're a long-term investment and they are can be expensive to operate as well. So knowing how how to operate these plants because they are a living organism is is very important, and uh, having the right team to to operate them as well is kind of the missing component that that quite often is is neglected when when these types of projects are being evaluated. You know, it'd be like no different than building a, a dairy farm and a milking parlor, but not having anybody to actually milk the cows or or maintain your equipment for you, right? You know, quite often that's how a farm will decide which milking parlor to install because it's supported locally by by the network of dealers and parts and things like that. So, So we do the same thing. Is it more common for a farm to say, I want to do something with my biogas or create biogas first, and then you find an investor or are investors saying, I want to put money into a project like this, help me find a farm to work with? That's a great question. I would say five years ago, they were happy and independent of each other. You may have a farmer who was interested in a project or wanting to do something kind of on their own, kind of just uh, because they wanted to or they thought that it made sense to their dairy. And then separately, you might have had some some minor interest from the financial side of things for people looking to invest. And I would say that that switch flipped here a few years ago when uh, 
the low carbon fuel standard in the state of California started to to come about. And basically what what that did is it put a value to the renewable natural gas, actually any any type of fuel for that matter, that's being produced. So it took into account how the fuel was being produced and then ultimately how it was being consumed. And and this was through the, the state of California. And while the metrics may not be perfect, what it did do is it put a much more realistic value to biogas as a fuel. So so those of us in the industry historically have been making electricity, renewable electricity from the biogas. And that's been the common track for, for almost all the digesters built in Wisconsin over the last 10, 15, 20 years. So as those renewable energy rates expired here recently, about five years, well, within the last five years, it uh, opened up the market for the renewable natural gas as a outlet for the fuel. And the LCFS program put a value to that gas. So the value, the high value that dairy farm biogas can generate is now attractive enough to outside investment. They feel they can get a return. It's a long, stable market. Many people uh, are, are pretty uh, excited about the carbon market that, that's being developed here with the agricultural market um, as a major revenue stream. The investors that are out there looking to be part of that market, we, we have those relationships with them. We have relationships with the companies that, that buy the gas ultimately. And then uh, when we look at it from the farm's perspective, we try to put the right uh, relationship and package together. So today, both of those, those desires are coming together uh, rather nicely. Uh, it was much more of a challenge five years ago. What does an ideal farm for a project like this look like, or is there an ideal farm? Well, we'll back up to how a how a digester operates, and our main revenue stream is renewable natural gas. So some things that don't make gas are water and inert material like sand and grit. So those are things you don't want to put into a digester if you don't have to. So in our case, if we evaluate a farm, we like to uh, we like to see a dairy that's been in, been in the business for you know many years or multiple generations, you know, if possible. You know, they're they're financially stable because again, they are the the feedstock to the to a facility that should last twenty years or more. So we look for for a financially stable farm, um, and and when we look at the feedstock, then we would prefer manure that doesn't have excess water or excess uh, sand or or sand bedding in it. So some farms we look to have uh, sand separation equipment for their for their uh, bedding and manure stream already and we're able to work with those types of farms as well. Preferably if they're on an organic source of bedding or, or we can help provide them with with some nice uh, fiber bedding as well as part of the system. So that's always preferred and uh, you know, ultimately, economies of scale are important, you know, on these projects. So more cows and more manure is more feedstock. So generally speaking, we try to put together five to 10,000 cows for one project. Where we are unique is we 
we will often put together multiple farms to get the volume and number of cows that we need. So some of our participating farms that we've worked with might have, you know, even less than a thousand cows, some have 7,000. So anywhere in between, but uh, that's where we try to be creative and understand, again, understand what our farm farm and uh, our investors are trying to do and find some middle ground and, and make a project work. And sometimes we have to be creative, but we, we try to find a way. This feels like a perfect segue, Carl, because I got your name through this BC Organics project that you help with or work on. Can you explain what that project is? Sure. BC Organics is owned by Dynamic Renewables, and BC Organics is the name of a one of the largest biogas projects probably ever built for cow manure, at least in the United States. And it's located in Greenleaf, Wisconsin, and BC stands for Brown County. So Brown County is the county in Northeast Wisconsin. And most people recognize Brown County as a very heavy dairy area. There's a lot of cows, a lot of uh, cheese and dairy processing up in that, in that area. Of course, with a lot of cows comes some of the challenges with, with the manure. So how BC Organics kind of came, came to light is, uh, is dynamic. We've worked on several multi-farm community type digesters in the past where we brought manure from, from several farms together to one centralized facility to process it, make bedding, make energy. In uh, almost five years ago, or over five years ago now, the uh, state of Wisconsin had a uh, request for proposals for a, a uh, study. And this was a combination of the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, the Public Service Commission, and the Department of Ag Trade Consumer Protection. Their goal was to analyze and come up with a business plan and eventually build and operate a facility that would help the local farms to uh, better manage their manure. Some of the technologies and, and parts of the business plan were improve water quality, uh, create renewable energy, and uh, also help create a, a better revenue stream and financially support the, the dairies. So our initial study was in 2017, five years ago, and it took several years. Eventually we were awarded a grant for the BC Organics project. And eventually we got it engineered, approved for permitting, and are actually just starting the project up now. So we are just uh, filling digesters and starting to create biogas as we sit here and talk about it today. What kind of farms are involved in this or how many farms are involved in this project as a community group? So it, there's a, a group of about 32,000 cows and it is uh, processes almost a little over 900,000 gallons per day of manure. So that's from 11 dairies and they range from, from less than 1,000 cows up to uh, 7,000 cows. So with a project like this where it's I guess you're almost like pooling, right, your resource, and then you're creating something and, and it's benefiting the farms. We've talked that there's the biogas part of it, that you're selling the gas, and then there's also the bedding component of it. I guess what kind of material is being actually transported into the system, and how do the farmers get that bedding back or those like 
materials back? So there's actually a third product that we produce as well, which is clean water, which is a unique aspect of that project that we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about. So the start of the project is we, we build some infrastructure on each participating farm that allows us to, to pick up and, and deliver product to and, and from their farm. So similar to the milk truck coming in every day, now the manure truck also comes in every day and uh, picks up our feedstock, which is the raw manure. Uh, the farms that are close enough are, are piped, so two of our dairies are, are piped to the facility, both, both directions, and the other nine we, we truck. The feedstock gets picked up daily. We have some receiving tanks on the digester site, and from there it goes into one of the 16 digester tanks, and those 16 tanks just continuously get fed and produce biogas, and that biogas gets turned into renewable natural gas eventually, which is the equivalent of about 11,000 gallons per day of diesel fuel, is the equivalent of what we're producing in biogas. So that gets sold, and then we take the digestate out of the digesters, and we further squeeze out the fiber and dry it to make bedding. And then uh, the bedding, the farms can either uh, come and pick up or we will deliver it for them as well. So that helps, uh, you know, meet their needs in terms of, of a stable, renewable bedding source. And then we take the liquid after that process and run it through additional, uh, essentially, filters to remove the water from the, the manure and the nutrients. So the farms still need the nutrients in their manure. They still need to grow their crops, right? They still need the fertilizer especially today when the value of fertilizer is so great, they don't want to just give away all of their nutrients. So we uh, run it through our water treatment system and we uh, remove about half of the water and that water, which is, which is clean drinkable water, will either go back into the nearby river or back to the uh, couple of the dairies to uh, use right on their dairy for wash up or, you know, second use kind of water. Okay. I think I'm following. There's so many more pieces to this than I thought there was going to be. Is there any like biosecurity concern when you pool manure like that and you then you send stuff back into the farms with that crossing of sources? There, there are concerns. So the one of the purposes of the digester process is you are heating it for a long period of time, which kills kills pathogens. And then ultimately the bedding that we are sending back to them has also been through a dryer at, at very high temperatures. So from that perspective, we, we are diligent about breaking down those pathogens. And then ultimately it comes down to, to more of the tracking and the, I'll say paperwork, the permit side of things to make sure that everyone's getting the proper products and the proper amounts and, uh, making sure they're compliant with their WPDES permits. What does that acronym stand for? Transit Public Discharge, Pollutant Discharge Elimination System. So every large farm has a permit to handle and store their waste. So when we have a, a facility like ours, we actually have, a, have our own permit through the state. And essentially we are using their manure and then they get it back. So you mentioned that the system is just starting to hit the ground running, right? It's just really opening up. What does the future look like there? Well, the future, 
is a uh, facility that uh, is reliable every day, I think, for our, our farm participants and to to meet the objectives that, that were set forward, which are creating the renewable energy and creating clean water and bedding. And the uh, technologies that we're utilizing at, at BC Organics are all things that as dynamic we've done in the past. This is a much larger scale, no, no doubt about it, but uh, it's, it's equipment and vendors that we're, we're confident are going to stand behind their product. And, and there's certainly going to be hiccups along the way. I mean, we don't expect it to be perfect right out of the gate, but we've been operating systems now for 15, 16 years. So hopefully a lot of those lessons learned come into uh, fruition here as we start up this project. And we've been proactive. We've had a great, great group of employees we've been able to hire. There's uh, about eight full-time operators at this facility as well as the truck drivers that'll be hauling the manure. So we have a good good group of operators that, that I'm excited to be working with and, and training and everybody's in the learning phase right now. So, so far, so far, so good. And the goal is just to keep meeting expectations and keep manure flowing every day. And of course, we're, we're rolling into winter with our startup, which, which will have its own challenges, but uh, we'll get through it. As someone who's been in this industry for a while now for, you know, through a lot of growth in this portion of agriculture, what have you noticed in terms of changes that have been the most impactful? I think in in my industry specifically, the focus on, I think, the, the, the carbon and the environmental aspect of agriculture and farming has, has certainly, I think, exploded here recently and, and I think is only going to continue. People are just evaluating, you know, how their food is grown, how their how their milk is made, where it comes from. And I think those are all that's that's great. I think people have to know how their where their food comes from and and how it's made. And and some of our farming partners, because of of what they're doing, both in their fields with some of the you know cover crops and different practices that are going on and then with how they're handling their waste through our system and, and creating the renewable energy from it have some of the, the most environmentally friendly product that, that you could make in, in milk and, or of course, could end up as cheese and, and things like that as well. So, you know, I'm excited to be part of that transition where, where the consumer, consumer's aware of what they're getting and, and appreciate and ultimately value what it takes to farm today. I think that's a, I think that's a big change. I think we've gotten, especially as dairy farmers, gotten very good at producing a lot of milk very cost-effectively in a lot of dairy products, which is great. And I think now uh, what, what I'm seeing is more of that trend of really understanding the impact uh, of, of what you're doing you know, on the animals, on the crops, on the environment, on the uh, emissions side of things. And I, and I also think the science is, is starting to catch up to it as well. You know, I think generally a lot of farms have an idea what they're doing, but some of the numbers behind it are starting to uh, be a little more scientific than they used to be. So, so I think that's where it's going to continue to, to head. As we start to run out of time here, Carl, is there anything that we should talk about that we haven't covered? Well, I think the, the biogas industry right now is just sort of at its really starting point. You know, I, I've, I've, had the opportunity, well, 15 years ago to spend some time in Europe and see 
you know, in Germany, which isn't much bigger than Wisconsin, there, there are thousands of, of digester facilities. In Wisconsin, we're still at 30 or 40, probably, currently. So I think there's the, the potential is still enormous, and we're just scratching the surface. So, you know, it makes sense from, from my perspective, it makes sense from the uh, technology standpoint. I think we've learned a lot and figured out a lot from the technical perspective. I think uh, a lot of the farms now understand it and can appreciate and the, the benefits of a, of a biogas plant as part of their farm. Today, there are some financial benefits to a farm as well with some of the low carbon credits and things I mentioned that uh, didn't exist five or 10 years ago. So, so some farms can, can, their manure is actually a revenue stream, which is, is great for them to be more more financially sustainable going forward as well. So it's an opportunity for them to, to keep doing better and optimize what they have on their farm. You know, we're just another tool to them, which we try to make the right fit for the right farm. And uh, yeah, it's, it's exciting. You know, we've, as dynamic, we've grown from, from a, a small five to 10 person uh, business to pushing uh, 50 here within the last year, year or two. So it's, it's exciting. If listeners want to actually see Beast Organics in person, uh, I hear rumors of a open house or ribbon cutting ceremony of some sort. Do you know the details on that, Carl? Yeah, we do have a ribbon cutting coming up on uh, November 10th. And uh, I know we will be having some open houses, uh, potentially some some dairy breakfast kind of events here in the near, in the near future, maybe next spring, uh, where the public will definitely be invited. We we encourage everyone to learn more about us. We do have quite a bit of information on our website, which is dynamic-renewables.com. And uh, if you look up the BC Organics Project on it, let's get some good facts and uh, it'll have those dates and events coming up listed as well. I've seen some of the renderings for the project and it's really, really cool. I can't wait to see it in person. So hopefully people can make it up there too, but thank you so much for your time, Carl. I greatly appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Again, we would like to thank the sponsor of this episode, Digested Organics. Learn more about the exciting technologies in manure digestate, filtration, and natural fertilizer co-products at digestedorganics.com. Thank you for joining us for this episode of The Dairy Show. We hope you enjoyed it. And don't forget to hit like and subscribe wherever you are listening to us today. And of course, don't forget to tell your friends about how much you are enjoying The Dairy Show. We would love to have them join us as well. And last but not least, if you have any comments for us, send us an email at wde at wdexpo.com. We would love to hear from you. 